During our time on this channel, we've actually covered a multitude of Innocence Project related cases, and I pointed out how despite the fact that these people have a good reputation with the media, despite the fact that a lot of people believe that they do great work, they are often representing clearly guilty people due to the fact that they are just an anti-death penalty organization, and they realize that Innocence is more effective than arguing against the death penalty. They often use tactics against DNA evidence, eyewitnesses, video surveillance, that are quite shady sometimes they'll just leave out information sometimes they'll just outright lie but a lot of times the cases that we focus on they tend to use this veil of racism in order to undermine all manner of good police work and all manner of solid police evidence against their client and a perfect example of this is the case of Robert Hayes that we're going to talk about and how the innocence project in a blunder actually appears to have proven Robert Hayes guilty of a crime through DNA testing that they asked for. However, I need to make this 100% clear before we go over to the sponsor. This story does not have a happy ending. The fact that the DNA evidence proves this person guilty is not going to lead to the result that you want, and we're going to talk about this, but on the other side of this sponsor, this video is brought to you by Keto with Justice, the long-term sponsor of the channel, so we'll throw it over to them, and then we'll come back over here and talk about it on the other side. Americans are struggling with their weight. You know it, I know it, the obesity statistics show it and unless you're in the body positivity movement you can't deny it but it's not all your fault that you're struggling to lose weight your metabolism actually slows down about four percent a decade so by the time you're around 50 it's about 10 percent slower it's not very good but one of the things you can use to counteract that is this amazing keto powder keto elevate from our sponsors over at keto with justice this actually works great it's a good introduction to the keto diet it can supplement the keto diet and it can also give you some of the effects of the keto diet if you're just working around and messing around with it so you're not super rigid and committed and right now for people out there in my audience if you want to get this you can get it at an amazing discount at ketowithjustice.com but order yours soon because they have sold out before and it's likely to happen again ketowithjustice.com gets you amazing powder now this story was actually sent over to me by Devin Tracy friend of the channel he's over at censored.tv use promo code AIU and he's also at patreon.com slash atheism where you can get his content better than ever on top of that he's also joined up started up a new youtube channel called the innocence fraud where he's going to be documenting these cases separately from his other channel and all that nonsense so all that will be linked in the description go support devin he gave me the tip on this and we're gonna have to talk about how even though the dna evidence proves guilt there's not going to be any convictions, and this guy is not going to be put in prison on this murder, and I'm going to explain why, but first, let's get into the details of the case. This case actually takes place in 1990, February of 1990, where Robert Hayes and Pamela Albertson were both working as groomers, everybody calm down, at a horse racetrack. Now, during the course of time that they were working at this racetrack, Albertson became very concerned about the aggressive and sometimes threatening behavior of one Robert Hayes. She actually told multiple co-workers that she was afraid of this person, that he kept sexually harassing her, she kept turning him down, and he kept getting more violent, more threatening, and more aggressive with her. She didn't want to be alone with him, and she thought that this guy was definitely going to be a problem. So, of course, on the night in question, in February of 1990, Pamela Albertson was found dead on the floor, strangled to death, and clear and obvious evidence of a rape that occurred, or some kind of 
of sexual assault. So, based on the fact that she felt like she was being threatened repeatedly by this person, Hayes, people assumed and they went with him as the primary suspect. You also had witnesses that said that they saw Hayes in and around her dorm area around the night before, which she was found dead in the morning when she didn't show up for work, so it would seem that this was a clear and obvious suspect. However, the link between Hayes and this type of behavior does not really end there. It turns out that in 1988, Hayes actually worked at a different racetrack in the state of New Jersey, and during his time at this racetrack, he was sexually harassing very aggressively a female employee at this racetrack. And then, at one point, he decided it would be a good idea when she kept spurning his advancements to go confront her pin her to the ground, and start choking her. Remember, this is a case of a sexual assault that also involved the strangulation, and just two years prior to this crime, he was arrested for attempting the very same thing. Now, ultimately, Hayes was not convicted. The charges were initially downgraded to a simple assault, and then they were later dropped, so Hayes was allowed to continue working at racetracks and encountering women and having similar instances. And by the way, that's just the most extreme example in his past. There are multiple other instances of him doing the exact same thing to his co-workers at racetracks with the harassment and all that so these are clear and obvious signs that this is definitely a bad guy and this along with the eyewitness testimony that placed him at the scene of the crime during the time of the murder and the dna evidence that even in 1990 confirmed that he was the rapist and therefore the murderer he was convicted but the conviction didn't last very long because upon appeal he was actually able to argue that since DNA evidence is such a new science in 1990s times that he needed a new trial because the standards for that evidence were just not that good. I don't know if you guys know this, but DNA evidence, not very reliable. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but DNA evidence doesn't prove nothing. On top of that, they also argued that there was a mystery white person that must have been involved because it turns out that Albertson actually had some hairs in her hand, and according to the defense team, those hairs belong to a white person so obviously obviously an evil white racist must have framed Hayes for this crime and he was able to bring his wild theories plus a very limited version of DNA evidence that could be introduced into his second trial in 1997 where he was ultimately acquitted so you have this guy who is a clear and obvious murderer he had all the signs of being a murderer get acquitted in 1997 based on the fact that people weren't aware of how accurate DNA evidence actually is. But there is a silver lining, just like in many clouds, there is a silver lining. You see, because of the nature of this crime, because of its heinousness, and because of the specifics associated with this crime, this actually triggered an opening of an investigation that was initially ruled a suicide in the state of New York. Now, by the way, I need to make this 100% clear to you guys out there in the audience. The fact that this initial crime was ruled a suicide is unbelievably shameful and disgusting for the police because they found the body allegedly hanged, it was in fact a strangulation, in a dormitory, of course, these are horse groomers, all of these people are groomers in this situation, but the good kind, not the bad kind, except for Hayes, he's definitely the bad kind, 
And the victim in that situation also had multiple stab wounds across their body in their neck. For some reason, the police ruled this a suicide, so Hayes was not caught and arrested for this murder in 87, and he was allowed to offend again. Now, Hayes admitted to committing this crime. He said it wasn't his fault because this woman was an evil white racist who called him the N-word, so he just kind of raged out. He may have been on crack at the time, wasn't his fault, pled guilty, ended up getting manslaughter. And the innocent project of course took up this case to get him off off the manslaughter case because their argument is once burned by evil white racism must be twice burned by evil white racism even though it's in a completely different state completely different department etc etc so they were actually trying to get him out of prison based on the fact that he definitely couldn't commit this other crime so obviously he didn't commit this crime over here and they actually were arguing this in court even though he admitted to doing this crime they made a whole thing about wrongful confessions and the reason why they were so invested in this guy is because Robert Hayes was one of the original faces of the Innocence Project and specifically one of the faces of somebody who is victimized by evil white racism. In fact, if you go on Amazon Prime right now, you can find a 2005 docu-drama series. It's really more of a drama because it's heavily exaggerated, which tells the story of six people freed that were exonerated, hence the name, and he is one of those people. Now, you have to pay for it on Amazon Prime. I didn't pay for it, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to leave you guys empty-handed, because while I'm not going to give you any clips because I refuse to pay for this, maybe go visit the island of Captain Jack Sparrow if you want to watch it yourself without paying for it. There is a play, and the play has been performed a bunch of times, and Hayes is one of the characters in that play. Robert Earl Hayes, this here's my wife. Georgia Hayes. Baby, do you know your last name? I don't know. I just want to introduce myself. Go ahead. Anyway, now at the time that all this was happening, I was working around the horse track, you know, taking care of the horses. And at this track, this white girl, she gets raped and killed. And you know she be dating the black guys. Mm -hmm. And when she got killed, they asked me, have I ever had sex with a girl? I told them, yeah. And they said, well, were you having sex with her that night? I said, no. And then they said, why does she like hanging out on the black side of the track? I said, I don't know why she like hanging out back there. I guess we weren't fun. But anyway, this girl, she gets raped and killed. And the cops came to my job the next morning and they said, we got to talk to you. I said, okay. I went to the police station, and that's where they kept saying, We know what you asked. We know you asked for a date, and she hit you. And you hit her back. And you didn't mean to hit her that hard. They just came right after you, you know? I mean, this girl, we had dated. And you know, people around here didn't like that too much. <laughs> and on my first trial, I knew I was going to prison. I had 11 whites and one black on that jury. And do you think, now seriously, be honest, if the roles had been reversed, if there had been a black woman and a white man, it would have been like that? Right, because let's go to another high-profile case. Oh, here we go. Now, be honest, and be honest, within your hearts, do y'all believe OJ really committed that crime? Well, the OJ. Now, I am half black. I really am. And I still think he's guilty. I'm sorry. I don't care what they say. If the DNA put you there, OJ, you're guilty. Robert Hayes, this here mama. Georgia Hayes. Baby, they know your last name. <laughs> I know, Robert. I wanted to introduce myself. Now, at the time that all this had happened, I was at the racetrack working, taking care of the horses, you know. And at the racetrack, this white girl, she'd get raped and killed. And you know she'd date with black guys. Mm -hmm. Now, when she got killed, they asked me if I ever had sex with the girl. I told them, yeah, but then they said, Well, were you having sex with her that night? I said, no, but then they said, why does she like hanging out on the black side of the track? I said, I don't know why she like hanging out back there. I guess we more fun. <laughs> but anyway, this girl, she getting killed. The cop come around to my job the next morning. He said, 
we got to talk to you. I said, okay, so I went down to that police station, and they just kept on saying, we know what happened. We know you asked her on a date, and she hit you. And you hit her back. And you didn't mean to hit her that hard. They just came right on after me. You see, me and this white girl, me and she had date. And you know people around here don't like that too much. And in my first try, I knew I was going to be pretty. I had 11 whites and one black on the jury. And do you think, now be honest, seriously, do you think that if the roles had been reversed, and it had been a black woman and a white man on trial, do you think that same thing would have happened? Right. Because let's go to another high profile case. Now, in y'all hearts and y'all opinion, do you believe OJ committed that crime? OJ. I don't know. And I still think that OJ can do that. I'm sorry, I don't care what they say. If DNA puts you there, OJ can be guilty. Yeah. They're arguing for OJ's innocence. So here we have a guy, Robert Hayes, who's murdered two people that we know of. And I need to emphasize that we know of very clearly because this other case in 1987 was not discovered until after the Florida murder that he was actually involved in that case. And he was actually the perpetrator. And he's assaulted a bunch of other women. He has a long criminal history. And the Innocence Project is still backing him. And the reason why this is so hilarious is because the Innocence Project actually requested DNA testing for him. So they retested the original material from the 1990 case in order to prove that he was framed by somebody, evil white racist, I'm assuming, and that he was not responsible for that crime. And therefore, therefore, he should be let out on parole for this other murder that he pled guilty to because he's already been framed by the system and chances are he's likely innocent of this crime so what they did was retest the semen that they tested back in the 90s that matched him but that was determined to be a new science therefore therefore you had to limit the scope of the dna and its use and they tested the hairs in the hand that proved that there was probably an evil white racist nearby and they also launched a smear campaign against a white person who worked at the horse stable at the time that they were trying to pin the murder on because one one of the other things that the Innocence Project often does, besides throw the allegation of racism around, is actually frame other people of crimes so that they can get their client off. Now, I understand advocating for your client, and I understand that a lot of times the Innocence Project and lawyers feel like they have to throw out an alternative hypothesis, but imagine you work with two people. One of them definitely murdered the other person, DNA testing shows it, and then all of a sudden you have the Innocence Project and this whole media campaign trying to frame you for that murder in order to get their clearly guilty person out, and then they're redoing the testing because they're still trying to attach that murder to you and trying to say that you're a symbol of not only a murderer but a racist system that allowed this innocent black man to be convicted so they do the dna testing and the results of the semen are the same as they were back in the 90s except more valid because forensic science has updated in 30 years since this crime and it proved beyond any shadow of a doubt that robert hayes was in fact guilty of the rape and murder of pamela albert said on top of that those mystery hairs those white people hairs that were in the hand of anderson were her own so they were white hairs technically but the white hairs actually were her hair so she had her own hair on and around her hands which makes perfect sense so this alleged smoking gun of an evil white person behind this crime 
turned out to not be evidence of anything. Now, I just want to point out that the hair in this case did match Albertson, but more importantly, the person that the lawyer for Hayes has been accusing of being behind this crime, the evil white man that allegedly did it, his DNA was actually compared to all the DNA at the scene, and what we found out was that none of it was his. So this guy's being accused of this murder for 30 years, and it turns out his DNA doesn't match, and the DNA confirms, of course, that Hayes was in fact the killer, and it confirms it in more ways than we knew in the 90s. Now, I said that this was not a happy ending. I said that this tale would not result in anything good, and although it does smear the Innocence Project's reputation, and that is a good in and of itself, in reality, in this nation, we have double jeopardy. So Hayes will not be put back on death row because upon retrial in 1997, he was able to beat this case. Once that DNA evidence was made to be murky in the 90s and he went to retrial and he was found not guilty, it was over. So this was the Innocence Project doing a self-own, just proving that their client that they had gotten off before is definitely guilty. And the reason that they were doing this is because Hayes is actually up for parole for the crime crime he pled guilty to the 87 murder in three years so what they're trying to do is say oh look he didn't even commit this other crime let him out early on parole and chances are when they ramp up this campaign in a couple of years ahead of his parole date they will drop this whole thing about the other murder that he definitely did and he might actually get out on parole so this two-time murderer this longtime harasser attacker robber beater of woman is going to get out of prison likely in 2025 if you guys don't remember this case when we get to that point if you don't call out the innocence project for representing a clearly guilty man on a second murder after he already was able to skirt justice on the first murder also this is very important to know anytime the innocence project talks about the number of exonerations that have happened on death row or the number of exonerations that they participated in an overturned conviction is not an exoneration in fact we we have proven beyond any shadow of a doubt that Robert Hayes was the murderer in this case, despite the fact that he had an overturned conviction and then an acquittal. He is a repeated person with a pattern of behavior, and just because you were able to scare people about the newness of DNA in the 90s does not make him an innocent person. That's something that you guys should think about. It's something that you should take with. It's something that you should rub in the face of people who show that number of people exonerated on death row to make arguments against it because it's just not the case. The majority of these cases are one on technicalities, and this was an instance of that, and justice is likely not going to be served. We're likely going to have to deal with Hayes, and maybe the Innocence Project will get him another job as a horse groomer so he can harass and kill yet another woman. But hey, those are just my thoughts. Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. If you liked the video, you show them by leaving a like, subscribe for more content, follow me on all my social medias, support me via the support links in the description box of this video this has been me talking about yet again another innocence fraud case till next time